All right, I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23, and uh, we're going to begin at uh, verse 32 this morning. Luke chapter 23, and we're going to begin at verse 32. chapter 23, and we're going to begin at verse 32. So uh, yesterday, we uh, helped my sister move from her uh, apartment in Hattiesburg to her uh, new home in Laurel, and if you'll look at the next slide, I think she rented the smallest possible U-Haul truck uh, for the move. And uh, I, I said, there's no way we're going to be able to fit all your stuff in there. And she's like, well, they told me that uh, that, was, that was plenty big for a one-bedroom apartment. And I'm like, D, you somehow managed uh, to have enough furniture for a three-bedroom apartment. And uh, this is what it looked like when we got done packing it up. I mean, it was like we used every inch of that moving van. And somehow we uh, managed to fit it all in there. But anyway, here are some words from the move yesterday. All right, words from the move yesterday. If my sister said this one, one time yesterday, she said it a thousand times. I'm so sorry. I'm never moving again. Right? I said this one about a thousand times yesterday. I'm not sure how everything's going to fit. Here's another thing I found myself saying a bunch yesterday. I'm going to be so sore tomorrow. I'm so sore I can barely hold up my Bible. All right. I don't think I can, I don't think I can move my arms above my head. All right. Um, my sister lived on the second floor of an apartment complex. And so one thing we found ourselves saying a, a bunch yesterday. Don't fall going down the stairs. Watch your step. And here's something I here's another word from the move yesterday. I asked my sister this a couple of times. Uh, you are feeding us steak and baked potatoes tonight. I'm still waiting on the steak and baked potatoes. <laughs> but anyway, those are words, words from the move yesterday, phrases from the move yesterday. Now here's my point. Uh, today we're beginning a new sermon series, not words from the move, but today we're beginning a new sermon series entitled Words from the Cross. And in this series, we're going to be looking at the seven sayings uh, of Jesus from the cross. And uh, this seven-part series is going to take us all the way through Easter Sunday. And uh, I want to challenge you, uh, make it a commitment that you're not going to miss a Sunday of this series. You're going to be here every Sunday between now and Easter Sunday as we go through this series uh, on the seven sayings from the cross, words from the cross. Now today uh, we're going to look at the word of forgiveness, the word of forgiveness. So let's go ahead and stand uh, for the reading of God's word. We're going to begin at verse 32 
uh, read all the way down through verse um, 38. Uh, There were also two other criminals uh, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left, then Jesus said, "Uh, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots, and the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, um, coming and offering him sour wine and saying, If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written above him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. You may be seated. All right, so again, today... New sermon series, Words from the Cross, and today we come to the word of forgiveness. And to to understand this word of forgiveness, we must first come to grips with the pain that Jesus suffered on the cross. All right, so here's point number one today, and look, we've got some sermon notes in the worship folder But here is point number one, Jesus' pain. All right, point number one, Jesus' pain. Make sure you have that. Point number one, Jesus' pain. All right, look at at verse 32 again. Uh, There were also two other criminals led with him to be put to death, and when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. And you might want to underline or circle that word, uh, crucified. Um, We we have heard that word so much. Uh, We we have read that word, crucified, so many times that, um, you know, we we just kind of gloss over that word without giving a whole lot of thought to it. Uh, when we see that word crucified or we hear that word crucified, you know, this quick image comes to our mind of, of Jesus hanging uh, upon the cross. But what we need to realize when we see that word crucified, every time we see it in the Bible, every time we hear that word crucified, we need to think about the pain that Jesus suffered on the cross. All right, I want you to think about the greatest pain that you've ever had. All right, think about that. The greatest pain that, you, that you've ever had. Uh, when I thought about that this week, there were kind of four things that jumped out from my life. Uh, number one, gout. Whenever I've had gout, that's tremendous pain. Uh, there was another time I was playing uh, in a summer basketball game, and I and I twisted my ankle really bad, and and I can remember the the pain being so bad I thought I had broke my ankle, 
Uh, we went to the ER to get an x-ray, and thankfully, it was just a bad sprain. That's one, that's one time that stands out to me. Another time, you ever seen those cartoons where, you know, the person, uh, we'll put it up on the wall, the, the person gets hit in the head and they see stars? Y'all ever seen those on the cartoons? I remember getting hit so hard in football one time that I got up and I saw the stars going around my head. All right, that, that, that one one that, that stands out. Uh, speaking of pain, uh, there was that time that I left um, two dozen donuts at Krispy Kreme. All right, that's, a, that's another story. But uh, you talk about you know, a different kind of pain, all right, leaving behind two dozen donuts at Krispy Kreme. All right, but think about the worst pain that you've ever been in. And the point I'm getting at is our worst pain ever pales in comparison to the pain that Jesus suffered on the cross. Uh, one commentator said, there has never been a more cruel form of execution than crucifixion upon a cross. The Jewish historian Josephus refers to crucifixion as the most wretched of deaths. Rome's own historian Cicero speaks of crucifixion as the most cruel and terrible penalty. Roman crucifixion was designed to induce the most possible pain before a victim died. Um, seven, uh, I'm sorry, five and a half inch spikes were driven through the hands and feet of Jesus. Doctors say that when the, the spike was driven through the, the hand, the wrist area of Jesus, it would have hit the median nerve. And um, doctors say that once the median nerve was touched, a never-ending trail of pain would race up and down Jesus' arm. It, was, it would feel as if his arms were on fire. Um, doctors also say that probably the most painful part of crucifixion actually came after they nailed you to the cross. They had to raise you up. And doctors say at that point, the median nerve in Jesus' wrist would have been torn in two, and it would have been like a lightning bolt struck Jesus in the hand. Since no major arteries or organs were compromised during crucifixion, Death didn't come by blood loss, but from shock, exhaustion, asphyxia, dehydration, or eventual heart failure, or a combination of the above. It has been well said that a person who was crucified died a thousand deaths. I don't know if we can even begin to imagine the pain that Jesus suffered on the cross. Right? Our worst pain ever pales in comparison to the pain that Jesus suffered on the cross. And the, the pain that Jesus suffered on the cross, it, it makes his prayer in verse 34 all the more and that gets us to point number two. 
All right. Point number one, Jesus' pain. Point number two, let's talk about Jesus' prayer. All right, point number two, Jesus' prayer. So look at what Jesus prayed in verse 34. All right, thinking about the pain that he was suffering, the pain that, he, that he's enduring, look at what Jesus prays in verse 34. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. And I, and I want to focus on two words in that prayer. All right, the first is the word forgive. All right, you might want to circle that word forgive in verse 34. All right, you might want to circle the word forgive in verse 34. Um, the, the Bible paints some amazing pictures of forgiveness. Uh, look, in, uh, look up on the wall. This verse is not in your notes. But look up on the wall, Hebrews 8.12. This is from the NIV. Look at what it says. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. You know, when, when kids are in grade school, and I can remember this happening to me. Uh, you get into an argument, you get into, into a fight with your best friend, and you're never going to speak to each other again. All right? you're, you're never going to play with each other. You, 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 you know, y'all's friendship, it's done. All right? Does that ever happen to you in grade school? I remember that happening to me a handful of times. Anyway, little Johnny uh, had a good friend um, in uh, Bobby. Little Johnny and Bob, they always played together, best friends. One day they get into an argument, and they were like, hey, we're done. We're never speaking to each other. I don't want to see you again. We're never playing with each other again. I mean, they got into a knockdown, drag-out fight over like a marble or something. All right? They're never going to talk again. They're never going to play with each other again. Well, the next morning, little Johnny gets up. He puts on his baseball cap, and he, he's walking out the door, and his mom says, well, Johnny, where are you going? And he said, oh, I'm going over to Bobby's house to play. And, he, and his mom said, well, well Johnny, I thought y'all got into a big fight yesterday, and y'all are never going to talk again. Y'all are never going to play with each other again, never going to see each other again. And, and Johnny looked at his mom and said, well, me and Bobby, we're, um, we're good forgetters. We're good forgetters. And that's God. God's a good forgetter. That's, that's what Hebrews 8.12 is saying. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. When it comes to our sins, God is a good forgetter. Right? That's forgiveness. That's what Jesus is praying for from the cross. Look at the next verse in your notes, and, and we'll put these verses up on the wall. Colossians 2, 13 through 14. Look at these. And when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions. We'll go to the next slide. And notice this next. Having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, 
and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Now, here's the idea. Two long verses. Here's the idea. All right. You have a house note or you have a car note. A house note, a car note, and all of a sudden, just out of the blue, the bank calls up one day and says, hey, I know you owe such and such on your house, or you owe such and such on your car, but, but here's the thing, we're canceling your debt. You owe zero. That's the idea here. All right? We have a, a sin debt. All right, and, and the idea in Colossians 2, 13 through 14 is that God has canceled the debt. All right, that's forgiveness. All right, that's what Jesus is praying from the cross. Um, look at Exodus 32, 33. This is the next verse in your sermon notes. Again, the Bible paints some just amazing pictures of forgiveness. Here's another one. Uh, this is what God told Moses when Israel had sinned. Exodus 32, 33, uh, and the Lord said to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, um, I will blot him out of my book. And here's the idea there, all right? Here's the idea. All right, sin, you see it on the, the whiteboard, sin. Here's, here's what God does, that, that idea of blotting out our sin. He erases it. That's forgiveness. That's what Jesus is praying for in verse 32. All right, we've got these amazing pictures of forgiveness. Look at the next one. 1 John 1, 9. Look at this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, the, the worst part about, uh, well, besides picking up heavy furniture, one of the worst parts about moving is your hands just get so nasty. You know, I found myself wanting to just wash my hands all day yesterday. Again, that's the picture in 1 John 1, 9. When we confess our sins, God cleanses our sin. He washes our sins away. Uh, look at the next verse, Micah 7, 19. This is from the message paraphrase. And compassion is on its way to us. You'll stamp out our wrongdoing. You'll sink our sin to the bottom of the ocean. Wow, God, the Bible says God, he sinks, he buries our sin at the bottom of the ocean. That's forgiveness. Right? That's what Jesus is praying for in verse 34. And then the next word that I want you to know, we talked about the word forgive. The next word that I want you to notice is the word dim. Look at verse 34 again. Look at verse 34. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them. Who is Jesus praying that will receive forgiveness? Who's the them in this passage? 
Well, it could, it could be the Jews, right? I mean, after all, it was their leader who arrested Jesus and put him on trial. It was the Jewish crowd who hollered, crucify him. It's the Jewish leaders who at the cross are still mocking Jesus. So to them, it could have been the Jews. Jesus could have been praying for them on the cross. Or, or maybe the them is the Romans. All right, I mean, after all, it was the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, who sentenced Jesus to die by crucifixion. It was the Roman soldiers who drove those five-and-a-half-inch spikes into the hands and feet of Jesus. It was the Roman soldiers who were mocking Jesus as he died on the cross. It, the them, it could be the Romans, but you know, the them could also be us. Our sin put Jesus on the cross. Look at Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. You know, it, it was our sin that hollered, crucify him. It was our sin that drove those nails into the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, Ray Bolts, in his song, The Hammer, sings the following lyrics. I nailed him there, this child of peace and mercy. I nailed him there. I'm the guilty man. I nailed him there. Here's Jesus. He's, he's dying the worst possible death. He's enduring so much pain, and he's praying, Father, forgive them. He's praying for us that, that, that we would seek forgiveness, that we would find forgiveness. Forty days after Jesus' death on the cross, uh, Peter preaches on Pentecost. And he's, he's preaching to a large Jewish crowd. And um, he preaches the crucifixion of Jesus. And after he gets done preaching, here, here's how the people respond. Look at Acts 2, 37 and 38 from your notes. Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? The next slide, Peter said to them, Repent. Let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible goes on to say that 3,000 people got saved that day. 3,000 people repented and received forgiveness from their sins. Now, I, I, don't, I don't know where you are in your, in your spiritual journey. Uh, maybe, maybe you're sitting out there this morning and you've never been saved. 
you, you've never, you know, you know that you're a sinner, but you, you've never sought forgiveness from Jesus. You know, we looked at some beautiful pictures, some amazing pictures of forgiveness this morning. And, and that's what God, that's what he wants to do. That's why he sent Jesus to this earth. Jesus died on the cross so that we could be saved, so that we could experience forgiveness. And maybe you're sitting out there today and you're realizing all this for the first time. All the dots are connected for the first time. And I want to encourage you in just a moment. I'm going to pray. We're, we're, going to, we're going to sing our invocation here. And if that's you today, you need to, to, to be saved. You need to, to seek forgiveness from your sin. I want to encourage you to come and talk to me about accepting Jesus as Savior of your life. So let's pray, and then we're going to have our invitation this morning. Father, we thank you um, for the word today. The amazing prayer of Jesus. Remarkable. Father, here, here he is. He's, he's suffering. He's in agony. He's in pain. And yet he prays, Father, forgive them. And, and Father, I, I pray that we realize today that it wasn't just the Jews and the Romans that it was revealed. But it's, but it's us too. Our sin put Jesus on the cross. Our, our sins caused the pain of Jesus. And, and Father, if there's someone here today who's never accepted you as Savior of their life, never received that forgiveness that, that Jesus prayed for that we looked at this morning. Father, I, I pray that today is the day of salvation. Father, as we come to this point of invitation, our desire right now is for you to move however you want to move. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Please stand.